Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a great start to your Monday. Uh, it, it, it's another week getting started here, and this time around, it is fun to come off a weekend in which we get to talk about back-to-back Grizzlies wins. I know I talked about the Minnesota Timberwolves win over the weekend, but last night on Easter Sunday, the Grizzlies got, in my opinion, one of their best wins of the season, and we're going to break it all down for you here on this Monday edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. In the first segment, we'll talk about you know just how awesome of a win this was. Why it's significant for the Grizzlies moving forward, and it's a reflection of what they've learned, that the the what they endured during March hopefully will give them, you know, an, will give them some good things to work with to go into April to find success against a very tough schedule. In the second segment, we'll talk about some recent comments from Coach Taylor Jenkins and how the team over the past few games has really started to embrace those comments to, you know, maybe embrace a new evolution of itself and why it's so important going forward. And in the third segment, you know, we've talked about defending the three and shooting the three. But what does a night like that look like? What exactly is a stat line that's successful for the Grizzlies both defending and shooting the three? We'll discuss that a bit more in the third segment. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, <coughs> that's where you can certainly find us the new Odyssey app, and we ask that you review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the podcast, let us know what you want to be discussed. We always want to make sure that we're providing content that is relevant to our listeners' preference. I can give you some uh, information, though, that I think is relevant to you with it now being the spring. It's our title sponsor of this episode, Rock Auto. If you visit rockauto.com, you're likely going to find the parts that you need, regardless of the make and model that you have. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. So the Grizzlies coming into tonight's game. Um, we're in a you know pretty you know favorable spot after the end of March. You know coming into the um, you know a stretch of games in which they were going to be facing the Utah Jazz three out of four games. The Grizzlies had won four out of five. Well, over those three games against the Utah Jazz, the Grizzlies did lose all three, but they did take care of business against um, the Houston Rockets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they were able to go 6-4 and four over their last nine games of March into their first game of April before a stretch of games against many Eastern Conference opponents where the majority of their games are on the road. And uh, before a 15-game stretch in April in which they're going to be playing every, every game is going to be against a team who clearly is pushing for the playoffs this year. And the Grizzlies could not have gotten off to a better start than, you know, could have been imagined tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, a couple of things contributed, I feel, to the 116-100 victory over the 76ers. You know, we talked about it in March. You know, the Grizzlies had several close games against very good teams. Yes, they did lose to the Bucks. They did lose to the Nuggets. They lost the three to the Jazz. But they also came up with big wins against the Heat and against the Celtics. Just a lot of close games against good to very good teams that really built up this Grizzlies' ability to, you know, 
adapt, to find ways to succeed, and to endure and survive, and, and, and ultimately, you know, be able to conquer those moments in close games against very good teams. And once again tonight, the Grizzlies were coming into a game in which they were facing a top-notch defense. That was the other thing. It was not just that the Grizzlies had been playing very good teams. It's that they, they had been playing very good defensive teams. You know, in the middle of March, they had uh, six straight games or five straight games against five of the 15 best defenses in the league. At the end of March, they came in and they played a team in Utah who arguably has the best defense in the league. Well, coming into last night... The Grizzlies were actually facing a team in the Philadelphia 76ers who were the best defensive team according to defensive rating in March. And how did the Grizzlies respond? They were able to adapt and adjust from the Philadelphia 76ers taking away the paint by being able to find success in an area where they clearly had struggled, and that was shooting the three. That's right. The Grizzlies were able to once again, just like they did on Friday night, this Grizzlies team is once again able to find success shooting the three. And that was such a big deal because the Grizzlies for the second straight game were beat in the paint when it came to scoring in the paint. You know, when you see a Grizzlies win, you typically, the first couple of things that you see is that they have succeeded in passing the basketball and that they have succeeded in scoring in the paint. Well, tonight they did succeed in passing the basketball, but it was out to the perimeter. The Grizzlies were able to score from the perimeter tonight in an adjustment from the 76ers, who are not only one of the best scoring teams in the paint, but also one of the best um, defending teams in the paint. But tonight, the Grizzlies got outscored 52-44 to 44 in the paint. But where the Grizzlies were able to make up for it, it was this. They were they actually turned the ball over more, and the 76ers got more points off of turnovers. But the Grizzlies got 25, uh, were a plus 12 when it came to fast break points. They were plus 7 when it came to um, uh, assists. They actually, the 76ers got more offensive rebounds, but the big area where the Grizzlies found success was from three. For the second straight night, after going, after making 19 threes on 39 attempts in, um, you know, on Friday night, the Grizzlies once again shot 16 of 38 from three on, or, or tonight. And that's how they were able to adjust and find success. But it wasn't just the ability for them to shoot the three. It was the ability for them to defend the three. They limited the 76ers to only eight from 34 for three. Now, the 76ers, like the Grizzlies, are not a team known for shooting the three. As a matter of fact, they're one of the less frequent three-point shooting teams in the league. Again, a lot like the Grizzlies. These teams are not that far um, you know, apart when it comes to you know, why they're successful. Now, the 76ers have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, so they have a bit more, you know, just to be honest, a bit more talent on their team when it comes to their top two stars. But, they, but both the Grizzlies and the 76ers went through defense. They went through scoring in the paint. But tonight, the Grizzlies were able to not only defend well, but they were also able to find success from three. As a matter of fact, the Grizzlies held the 76ers to 100 points. This is only the sixth time this year that the Grizzlies were able to hold, that that team was able to hold the 76ers to 100 or less points per game. But that's what's so significant about this victory is that the Grizzlies, after all the, after several games against quality opponents in March, they were able to find a way to win by turning their weaknesses into strengths when their obvious strengths were taken away from them against the number one team in the East. And the other big thing about it, if you think about it this way, is this, is that the Grizzlies also have now, they have survived a stretch of games in which they faced the number one team in the West three times, and they've also now faced a team that's tied for number one in the East 
once in a span of six games, and they went three and three of those games. And what's the end result? The Grizzlies right now are tied for eighth place in the Western Conference. That right there is a victory to hang your hat on. Now, it is not something that you want to hang your hat on and be good to go with. This is not the point of the season. It's not the goal of the season. But you want to hang your hat on it and be like, you know, if you're the Grizzlies, you have to be extremely satisfied that not only is the identity of the team once again emerging to be the defense, but now you're finding ways to successfully win games offensively against quality opponents, either it being through being able to score in the paint, where we know when the Grizzlies attempt 25 or less threes, they're very successful, but now... But now the Grizzlies are able to find success if the paint's not there. It's by doing. It's by using their passing as the catalyst. But now they've got two games to build off where they've really been able to shoot well from three. This Grizzlies team, I now believe, has been outscored in the paint by 16 total points over the past two games. But they've won those two games by a combined total of 28 points because they've shot. They've made 35 threes themselves while holding their opponents to 20 for 77 from three over the past two games. We've talked. I've talked about it all year long. The next step for this Grizzlies team is being able to shoot and defend the three consistently. When they started doing that, that's when they truly will and they truly will arrive as a clear playoff threat and a clear team that not a lot of teams want to play in the postseason. And though it's only been two games in April, this development, this 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 start of an evolution perhaps, could not have come at a better time. Now let's 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 be honest here. Let's let's keep everything in context. It's only been two games and one of them was against the worst team in the NBA. But in general, this is a very strong and very encouraging sign of development for this team that when their strengths are taken away from being able to score in the paint, and not getting the, the advantage created through turnovers, they still can find ways to win by both defending and shooting the three. And that is a wonderful, wonderful development as this Grizzlies team faces the schedule that it does in April, but it also shows how well they can learn and adjust based off the tough schedule that they've already seen in March. The players always talk about growth. This is a growth game. This is a growth opportunity. But they mentioned at the end of March, at some point, we've got to be willing We've got to be able to take these uh, moral victories and turn them into actual victories. And the way that they played tonight, one of their better games of the season, is exactly the way that they need to get it done. So a wonderful win from the Grizzlies. But the thing about it is this. Again, although it's only been two games, this clearly is, these last two games, give a glimpse, give an idea of what head coach Taylor Jenkins has in mind for this Grizzlies team as they continue to evolve. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to talk a bit more about some recent comments that Coach Taylor Jenkins made and why they're so important And now that his comments are being translated to the basketball court and why they're so important going forward for the Grizzlies. We'll be right back with you here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Yes, it's a wonderful development that the Grizzlies have certainly started to show that they can find ways to win. To They can find ways to win in multiple fashions against quality teams. But a couple of things you can bet on 
with confidence for this Grizzlies team is that they're going to pass well and they're going to play good defense. Well, maybe there's other things that you like to bet on when it comes to sports. Regardless of if it's baseball, which is starting up, the NBA in full swing, the NHL in full swing, the NCAA, though there's only one game left, but UFC, soccer around the world, whatever sport you enjoy and whatever athletes you love, if betting and wagering is a part of what you enjoy about being a fan, I've got the best place that has you covered, and that's betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Again, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This season in different ways in the post-game and pre-game media sessions with Coach Taylor Jenkins. You know, it seems like every week someone asks him a different version of the same question, which is good to ask because it's a fun question to ask for a team that obviously is continuing to evolve in the fact that they're in the second year of a rebuild and how young they are. But when, what looks like a good game to you? What stands out on the stat sheet? And of course, you know, we've talked about the things that Taylor Jenkins values. Assists is the number one thing. You know, points in the paint is the other thing as well. The reason why is because Taylor Jenkins has done such a wonderful job of taking the pieces that he has on the roster, featuring their streaks, and being consistent with that, with that in order to put them in the best position to win. That's scoring off that that's creating turnovers, scoring on the fast break, scoring in the paint and passing. And the thing about it is this, is that when the Grizzlies do that well, when they play to their strengths, yes, it puts them in a position to win. For instance, one of my favorite stats about Taylor Jenkins is that for a coach that we know wants the three shots so much, the Grizzlies are actually now 15-8 and eight in games where they attempt 25 or less threes. And it's because of the fact that one thing that Taylor Jenkins is going to do, yes, as much as he wants to do, play, play one style of ball, if another way is being so successful, then he's going to go with it, and that's what's going to lead him to victory. So in those games where they're not shooting that many threes, it's typically because of the fact that they're finding so much success in the paint. But the thing about it is this, is that as the Grizzlies roster continues to find success offensively, and they continue to make it clear where they are successful, good teams are going to make it harder for them to be able to find consistent success in that area. If you go to NBA.com and you look over the past 15 games, and then 10 games, and then 5 games, you'll see that while the Grizzlies still consistently score in the paint, you know, towards the top of the league, they start to move down the list. Over the past 15 games, they're second in the league in points um, in the paint, you know, scored per game. Over the past 10 games, they're fourth in the league. Over the past 5 games, they're fifth in the league. The thing about it is, is that yes, it's because they're playing very good defenses, but the reason why that is significant is because the Grizzlies are playing teams that are taking away their 
main avenues to victory and making the Grizzlies adjust to find other ways to win. And that's the thing that really got in the way of the Grizzlies being able to be successful against these good teams, despite being able to play in close games on several occasions against these good teams, they were unable to get the job done because where they, how they needed to to adjust, the areas where they needed to find success when their usual areas of success were taken away were not there, shooting and defending the three. But the thing about it is this, is that Taylor Jenkins, you know, obviously being in a constant mode of being well-organized, being in a constant mode of being so, uh, you know, having such good observations and being able to adjust as he see how things develops, he made a point of it in the first game of April to point this out. And to me, this is one of the more noteworthy and fun quotes that I've heard Taylor Jenkins mention. It's great that we made 19 threes, which they did against the Minnesota Timberwolves last Friday night. It was their second highest uh, three points made total on the season. It's great that we made 19 threes, but to me, it's even more important that we attempted 39. And he's exactly right. That is exactly what this Grizzlies team has to be able to feel comfortable doing. He calls it the readiness and willingness to shoot the three, and he's 100% correct because, yes, while the Grizzlies are doing an excellent job scoring in the paint, being able to get on the fast break, being able to score twos at the rim, the thing about it is is that, as I mentioned last week on a few occasions, that has a limited ceiling. It's going to be able to be beat when teams can at the very least limit the Grizzlies in that capacity and then shoot threes themselves at a clip that the Grizzlies can. As we discussed in March, this Grizzlies team was at a disadvantage of almost four threes per game. They were allowing for their opposition to hit nearly four more threes per game on average. And so against good teams, it's hard to make up that 12-point deficit right from the start. So how are the Grizzlies doing it? Well, it's not just the fact that this Grizzlies team is attempting threes. When Coach Jenkins was talking about the fact that 39 threes was even more important, it's not just the fact that the Grizzlies are, you know, just in general attempting the threes, but they're giving the the three-point attempts to their best players. Friday night was a great example. So far this season, obviously, the best three-point shooters on this team are DeAnthony Melton, Grayson Allen, and Desmond Bain. They averaged, through March on the season, they averaged about 13 attempts per game. Well, on Friday night, they were given 17 total attempts. That is correct. The Grizzlies were able to feature their best three-point shooters, and they were able to shoot 17 total attempts from three. And the end result was the reason why they won the game in a game that probably should have been that, that was probably closer than it should have been. It made all the difference in the world. They combined to shoot 10 of 17 from three. Well, how did the Grizzlies respond tonight in their first 27 attempts from three? The Grizzlies gave Bain, Melton, and Grayson Allen 17 attempts. They were able to get to the 17 number faster, much faster, than they were on Friday night. And overall, that trio attempted 25 of the Grizzlies' 38 threes. Now, Grayson Allen probably took a few more than he should have, and there were some, you know, just some, uh, you know, probably just shots to shoot late in the game. But this team once, but the Grizzlies, um, it, this trio once again made the most of it. They made nine of their first seventeen attempts, and overall were eleven of twenty-five on the night. 
So that right there, why I feel that that quote is so noteworthy, noteworthy, 19 threes is great, but 39 threes is even more important. I asked Coach to elaborate on that. And he stated that the reason why it's so important for the Grizzlies to be able to do that is to give them a balance. It's not for them to sit there and attempt 43s per night. It's not for them to sit there and attempt or to, to have to rely on getting 70 points in the paint. It's being able to be comfortable with a balance. It's not only being able to be comfortable, but having the confidence in knowing that based off what a, what a defense throws at them, if the defense throws at them wanting to take their three-pointers away, the Grizzlies have the confidence to go inside and still remain competitive. If good defenses were to take the paint away and force the Grizzlies to shoot, it's having the confidence and know that they can get their shots off. But it's not only those three, uh, it's not only Melton, Bain, and Moran, or excuse me, um, uh, <laughs> Melton, Bain, and Allen who are doing well. Ja Morant is 9 of 24 over his past 20, or I believe over his past seven games, which certainly is an improvement on his three-point shot. Dylan Brooks is shooting better. Dylan Brooks tonight was two from two from beyond the arc. The starters overall have had games where they have now made, I believe, 11 threes and also eight threes in their first two games in April after averaging only five and a half threes in the month of March. So yes, it's only two games, but the fact that Coach Jenkins is referencing it, the fact that this team is now showing a preference to get their best shooters more shots. I mentioned it last week, the way for Desmond Bain to have a shot at being in first-team all-rookie discussion is for him to get more threes, and it'll benefit him, and it'll benefit the team, and you clearly see that it is. Yes, they beat the worst team in the league on Friday night doing it, but now they've sit here they they beat arguably a top five title contender in the league doing the same thing. So this Grizzlies team is starting to take, even if it's baby steps, it's starting to show indications that it can take that next evolutionary step that Coach Jenkins wants it to into becoming a team that is balanced and has confidence both scoring in the paint and shooting from three. And it's also showing that it now not only has a willingness to feature its best three-point shooters, but it can find ways to consistently do it. And it certainly made the difference. It is it because of the tough competition and the tough defenses they faced in March, it likely is so. But regardless of what led us to this point, the great thing is, is that we're at it and now it's time to capitalize on it. And there's no better time to do it than against this tough stretch of opponents in which we're going to have to continue to get a few upsets and take care of business against teams we should beat. And the way to do that is to confidently have multiple ways to win. We know this Grizzlies team is confident in their passing, and we know that they're confident in their ability to produce in the paint. Now they're showing the ability to confidently and consistently feature their best shooters from three, and it's a great development as this Grizzlies team goes forward. But what exactly looks like a beneficial shooting night? Based off the numbers, what should the Grizzlies be aiming for when it comes to shooting and defending the three? Coming up, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw out some fun statistics that give an indication just to how what numbers the Grizzlies should be looking for when it comes to them shooting their own threes and what numbers they should try to limit their opposition to when it comes to defending the three. We'll be right back with you here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. This past weekend, we witnessed some of the more memorable moments we have seen in both the women's and men's college basketball Final Fours. It's some great moments that just were awesome to see, especially a year after, you know, not having 
the Final Fours due to obviously the pandemic that's been going on. But even, you know, as legendary as those moments were, those are not the only March Madness moments that we should be discussing. Another memorable March Madness moment was the declaration of coconut brownie chunk as being the best taste of the Built Bar taste at BuiltBar.com. Now, I may not necessarily agree with that, but the voters clearly do. But the great thing about Built Bar is this, is that there's so many different ways to be able to utilize it during the day and so many different ways to enjoy it. If coconut brownie chunk as breakfast is the way you want to do it, that's perfectly fine. But maybe you like cookie dough chunk as an afternoon snack. Regardless of how you enjoy Built Bar, it's a great benefit to your day. For breakfast, an afternoon snack, before or after a workout, it's a nice, healthy addition to your day that tastes great as well. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and you put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. But I can tell you this with confidence, when you make Built Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. You can go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. When it comes to the spring now being here, it's obviously been crazy weather for many of us leading up to this point over the past few months. And if that's the case, at a time when you're probably going to be out and about more often, unfortunately, you may need car repairs to be able to get that done. Well, I can tell you this. If you need a place to go to be able to get your car parts that you need to get the repairs done, it's rockauto.com. Within a few clicks of a button, you're likely going to find what you need, regardless of the make and model and regardless of the part that you've got to be able to repair. And the great thing about it is, is if you're someone like me who needs others to do your car repairs, if you do car repairs yourself or you do car repairs for others for a living, rockauto.com is going to have you covered. It also, with rockauto.com, they're a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts are hard to come by. They're hard to put into budget. So if that's the case, they are very economically feasible and they make it easy on your wallet. If you go to rockauto.com today, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, is all the car parts that you ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So again, it's only been two games in the month of April, but it ha- and while one has come against the worst team in the NBA, one has obviously come against one of the better teams in the NBA, but again, we're seeing the Grizzlies start to embrace this idea of really being able to not only shoot the three frequently, but do it in a way in which they're getting their best players open to shoot the three. Well, not open, but at least featuring their best talents when it comes to shooting the three. But again, the theme for this podcast, if you were to say something from this year, has been focusing on improving on shooting the three and defending the three. But I figured that if I keep on in general mentioning those two statistics, mentioning those two areas of improvement as the next step for this team, what do ideal nights look like for this team when it comes to shooting and defending the three? Well, it's funny that you should ask because I feel like I've actually been able to put them together based off some records that the Grizzlies have when they meet certain statistical thresholds when it comes to both shooting and defending the three. So over the past few nights, the Grizzlies have made 19 of 39 from three, which was better than 40%, and 16 of, I believe, 38 in itself, which was better, you know, again, uh, of 40%. So the thing about it is this, is that this Grizzlies team is being able to consistently shoot the basketball in which they are making threes at a clip. They're making 15 or more threes, and they're doing it at a clip of 40% or better from the field. Now, 
Is this Grizzlies team all of a sudden going to be able to do that every night? No. If they did that, they would become the Utah Jazz, and I don't see that happening. But we at least know that they can do it on consecutive nights. This is only the uh, this is only the fourth time in the history of the Memphis Grizzlies in which they've been able in back-to-back games to make 15 or more threes on 35 or more attempts. And it's only the 22nd time in which they've been able to do it in nearly 2,200 games in franchise history. That's correct. In one one-hundredth of their game, one out of every 100 games, the Grizzlies have been able to make 15 threes on 35 or more attempts. But the encouraging thing is, is that they're frequently doing it, they're much more frequently doing it with Taylor Jenkins as the head coach. Here's some fun numbers to look at. So let's construct the ideal shooting line for this Grizzlies team. Looking at their ability to shoot the three. So when the Grizzlies make 14 or more threes, and again, Coach Jenkins has been the head coach of this team for 120 games. So when the Grizzlies make 14 or more threes, they are 16 and 7 under Taylor Jenkins. They're 16 and 3 when they make 15 or more threes, but 16 and 7 when they make 14 or more threes under Taylor Jenkins. We talked about, you know, we, again, the quote was 19 threes are great, but 39 attempts are even better. But when this team attempts 35 or more threes, they're 20 and 15. So when this team shoots the three at a frequent clip, it actually correlates well with winning. So again, if they make 14 or more threes, they're 16 and 7. And if they attempt 35 or more threes, they're 20 and 15. But the big key is this is that in Taylor Jenkins, 120 games coach, the Grizzlies have shot 40% or better from three 38 times. They're 28 and 10 in those games. So again, their ability to make 14 or more threes, they do that about 20% of the time. They attempt 35 or more threes at a clip of about 30% of the time. And they've been able to make 40% or more from three about 35% of the time. If the Grizzlies can keep increasing their ability to do all three of those things on a consistent basis, it shows, the number shows, that they will have a big boost when it comes to winning. Proof of that? When the Grizzlies have made 14 or more threes on 35 or more attempts and shot 40% or better from three in games in which the Grizzlies have done all three of those things, they are 11-3 under Taylor Jenkins. That's how important that stat line is. So the ideal stat line for this Grizzlies team when it comes to shooting the three is 14 threes on 35 attempts and 40% from the field. If they do better than that in those categories, there is a very good chance they're going to win that game. But what about the flip side? What about on defense? How do the Grizzlies need to perform there in order to give themselves a big boost to win? Well, in that instance, the focus... It's pretty similar to how they should shoot from three, but this time they want to prevent, they want to keep their opposition below this stat line rather than like themselves being able to go above this stat line. So in the Grizzlies case where they need to take 14 threes on 35 attempts and shoot 40% or better from three in order to have a good chance to win, on the flip side, they need to hold their opponent to 12 or less threes on around 35 attempts and 35% or worse from three. Here's the numbers. When the Grizzlies hold their opponents to 12 or less threes per game, and they've actually been able to do that in 54 games, nearly 50% of the games Taylor Jenkins has coached, this team has allowed has prevented their opponent from getting into the teens when it comes to shooting the three. The Grizzlies are 34-20 and 20 when they limit teens to 12 or less three-pointers made per game. When the Grizzlies prevent their opposition, when they limit them to 35% or less from three, they're 34 and 18. 
And overall, in games where the Grizzlies have le- have held their opponents to 12 or less threes made, and 35% or less from three, they're 28 and 17. So those are the stat lines. When the Grizzlies make at least 14 threes on at least 35 attempts and shoot 40% or better from the field, they're 11 and three. So that's the stat line to look at. 14 threes made, 35 threes attempted, 40% from three. That's the goal for the Grizzlies on their end. The goal for the Grizzlies on the defensive end is 12 threes allowed, 12 or less threes allowed on 35 or less attempts and um, a 35% or worse three-point shooting percentage from their opposition. So again, the stat line for the Grizzlies to shoot for an offense, 14 made threes on 35 attempts, 40% or better from the field. On defense, it's to limit their opposition to 12 or less threes on 35 attempts and 35% or less shooting the three. That's it. That's the shooting lines. And the Grizzlies have been able to do this more consistently. They've been able over the past few weeks to be able to limit their opponents to around 35% or less shooting the three, and now they're starting starting to show a better ability to meet this ideal stat line when it comes to them shooting the three. So the more consistently the Grizzlies can meet those two stat lines that I mentioned on offense and defense, that's going to provide a big, big boost to their ability to win the games. Now, they're not going to do it consistently. They don't have that personnel at this point in time. But when they get Jaron Jackson Jr. back and going, even if it's not this year, it shows this, though, that if the Grizzlies can finish out this year finding a way to more consistently get their best three-point shooting options, shooting the majority of their threes, that is what's going to be the big step forward for them, especially when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. So we now have an idea of what a successful night from three looks like to give the Grizzlies a good chance to win, and also what a successful night looks like in limiting their opposition from shooting the three to give the Grizzlies a good chance to win. The more consistently we're able to do both of those things, the more we're going to win, and you have the numbers now to prove it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, that's where we will be. Check us out on the new Odyssey app as well. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure being with you. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk about more things Grizzlies as well as looking at the Grizzlies matchup for the rest of this East Coast road trip. Until then, hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.